Father, we thank You. I thank You for the gifts that You've given to Sam. I thank You for those words. Thank You for giving Sam to us as Your gift to us. Father, we pray that as we, as we listen now and look into Your Word, that You'll teach us, change us, You'll move us. Father, these are good words of good news. You're a good Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Brother Kevin was telling me just a little bit about his trip, and uh, he told me Isaiah's actually a pretty big deal in Israel. Um, not that we didn't know that, I guess, but but he, he was just kind of explaining that being on the ground and and everywhere he turned, there was a reference to to Isaiah or or something that Isaiah had referred to. Uh, it's saturated in the ground and in the places there. Isaiah is a big deal. Um, so we, we have been looking at Isaiah now for several weeks. And we're approaching, approaching the end of our time looking at Isaiah. We've talked about how it's almost like a library unto itself. And, and how it starts with this formal indictment of bad news. Israel's been unfaithful. And God is, God's getting ready to bring the hammer down. And we've walked through a lot of dark chapters of, of judgment and foretelling of judgment. And, and then in chapter 40, we saw this flip. Most of, the, most of what came prior to that was hard. Hard and dark. Just a little sprinkle of good news thrown in there just to keep us hoping. But in 40, it flipped. And then, and then we see the servant song. And, and Kevin covered the servant songs for us for Palm Sunday and for Easter. And then we went back a little bit back into the back into the prior chapters. And last week was a little bit of a hard one about idolatry, chapter 44. But we're back on track now in the 50s. Today we're going to try to cover three chapters, and I do feel a little intimidated. This, these three chapters could easily be five sermons. I truly believe that. Um, so we're, we're going to have to settle for some high, some high notes, and we're going to have to leave some things for next time. But, but I want to, before I read this, I want to remember the context of where we are. We're going to start in chapter 54, which immediately follows chapter 53. And so I want to actually read to you the very last verses of chapter 53 of Isaiah before I start reading. And I'm going to tell you right now that I, I'm not going to read all of the chapters. I picked out uh, the first eight verses of 54, all of 55. And the first uh, few verses of, of 56, if you want to follow along in your Bibles or in your journals. But I want to start with Isaiah chapter 53, the very end of that chapter. If you remember, that's the chapter that talks about the suffering servant. And how he was like a sheep to the slaughter, he was silent. He, he took our punishment for us. But at the very end of the chapter, it talks about this. And I'm going to start here in the very last verse. This is God talking about how He's going to reward His faithful servant. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. So, so Isaiah is saying here, God is saying that this person, this, this servant who, who went all the way to death 
but was brought back and he is going to be victorious even after death. His legacy and his, his uh, continuation, his glory is going to be great because of what he went through. That is the verse immediately preceding chapter 54 where we pick up here. I'm going to read these straight out. It's going to be a little bit long, but bear with me. Starting in chapter 54, verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and will people and will people the desolate cities. Fear not, for you will not be ashamed. Be not confounded, for you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood you will remember no more. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. For the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit, like a wife of youth when she is cast off, says your God. For a brief moment I deserted you, but with great compassion I will gather you. In overflowing anger for a moment I hid my face from you, but with everlasting love I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. I'm going to stop there for chapter 54 and pick up in chapter 55. I'll read all of chapter 55. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that He may have compassion on him. And to our God, for He will abundantly pardon For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. It shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth in singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord. An everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. That's chapter 55. I was telling Kevin, it's kind of hard to pick favorites, but this one's, this one's inching its way up there for me after this week. Um, chapter 56, I'm going to start in verse 3 and go through verse 8. 
Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to Him, to love the name of the Lord and to be His servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to Him besides those already gathered. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's so much. So much. And we've seen, we've seen a lot of pain and a lot of darkness in, in so far in the book of Isaiah. These chapters are nothing but promise of blessing. It's beautiful after going through, after going through the hard stuff to see this, this graciousness, this tenderness, this love, this mercy. So what I'd like to do is kind of organize thoughts into three points, as we do. But I want, I want you to think about these things. Because of God's generous compassion, your blessings are greater than you could earn. Because of God's generous compassion, your blessings are greater than you could earn. Because of God's kindness, your legacy is greater than you could build. And because of the power of God's Word, His promises are certain. Those are the things I want to talk about a little bit today. And we'll, uh, as we look into this, sorry, I have one hand right now, so I'm having to kind of relearn my process. But I guess, I think maybe the mic works better this way for me, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> I have a soft voice and I know that, um, so I'm learning. Alright, because of God's generous compassion, your blessings are, gener- are greater than you can earn. And if, we, if I would just want to go back and just kind of reiterate these few verses. Come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy, and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Let's, let's talk about this for a little bit. Everyone wants satisfaction. Everyone wants blessing. Everyone wants fulfillment, right? Of course we do. God wired us that way. We want those things. The blessings might be material. They might be very tangible things that we can put our hands on. They can be... They can be things that aren't tangible, but they're very visible. Achievement, success, recognition, honor, we like those things. Those are, those are something that we often seek out. And it's not all bad. Possessions, obvious, that's kind of obvious. Everybody wants to have possessions. It's nice to have nice things. Experiences, this is something that's interesting. Uh, in, in marketing and the, the trends today, everyone is talking about experience. Selling the experience, not the product. That's a big deal right now. And if you look on social media, you can see that's what people are valuing. I'm going to put out my experience. This is the thing that I did or I experienced or I saw. And that's 
That is a very valuable thing right now in our culture. Are these things bad? No. It's, it's nice to have nice stuff. It's nice to achieve. And it's nice to have good experiences. The blessings might not be these things. They might be relational. Right? We, we want to have a great marriage. If we are married. We want to have successful children. If we have children, we want to see that. We want to have lots of friends. We want to have all, all of our relationships. We want harmony. And we want richness in our relationships. And that is a blessing. And that's not bad either, is it? We want those. We might even be so, so mature and deep that we care about spiritual things and we want spiritual blessings. We want peace. Right? We want harmony at a spiritual level. And different people approach that different ways. But here's the thing. People usually approach all of these desires, these wants for, for, for fulfillment, for blessing, in, in two different ways. They're not that different really. One is to say, I work hard. I work hard and I will strive and I will achieve my blessings. I'll follow a formula and I will put my effort into it and I will make it happen. And that's a natural thing and we do that. And sometimes, sometimes those blessings come and that mindset can be strengthened and confirmed into, I have worked hard and I have achieved. But sometimes the blessings don't come. And the other thing that we can fall into then is to think that my efforts have failed and I can't achieve my blessings. I'm worthless. I'm a loser. I can't do it. Right? Both of these approaches have the same fatal flaw though. They're not putting the focus on God. God is the source of the blessings. And, and this, these verses today talk about that. And God addresses both of these people. The person who comes with confidence... And the person who comes hopeless. Because first, first he says, come everyone who thirsts, and he who has no money. That's the first one that he addresses. The hopeless one. The one that doesn't know what to do. The one that doesn't have it together and can't figure it out. He says, come, buy without price. It's a gift, not a wage. His blessings are free. But this is great news for the hopeless. Right? Their lack of resources is not a barrier. They come to God. God's offering. The second God addresses the confident. And He says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Because so often, when we strive after blessings in our own strength, we strive after the wrong blessings and we get off track and we, we prioritize the wrong thing. And He's reminding, if you're doing that, come back. Come get the blessings that I can give you the blessings that are free that I can give you. And these blessings are a gift, not a wage. Don't put your confidence on focus and focus on things that can't satisfy. That's what he's telling the confident. And to the hopeless, he's saying, come and get it. I've got it right here. So what kinds of blessings is God offering here for free? Well, Water, milk, and wine. Let's, let's kind of just walk through water, milk, and wine. Water. It's necessary for life. We need it. It refreshes and revives. Water refreshes us. If we've, if we've been without water for a while, boy, does it ever feel good when you, when you get that drink. It's because your body knows what it needs. God knows what you need. Water cleanses. Right? 
Water is necessary for life. It refreshes, it revives, it cleanses. Do you remember this, the story of Jesus talking to the woman at the well? And she, she asked him for a drink, or he asked her for a drink. And then they got into this conversation. He said, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd, you'd ask me for the drink. And the water I would give you, you'd never thirst again. Because the water that I can give is an eternal kind of water. That, and that's what we're talking about here, is, is this eternal water. And God's saying, come drink, no money. Milk, milk is nourishment. What, what can you think of when you think of milk? What goes with milk? I think of like warm cookies, apple pie, oatmeal. Like these things are comfort, right? Milk is comfort. Milk is nourishment. Milk builds and gives strength. And when you think, when you think about milk in the context of a mother and a baby, how intimate and beautiful and perfect. It's the perfect food for that baby, right? Milk is what God is offering to us. Is milk difficult to deal with? No. It's, it's the easiest and most comforting food. That's what God's offering. Come get water. Come get milk. And then he says something interesting. He says, and wine. Come get wine. How are we supposed to think about this? Because that can be a little bit tricky for us in these days. But wine in Scripture often represents abundance. Represents luxury. It represents blessing. Represents celebration. It represents, it represents a blessing beyond need. So water and milk, yes, you've got to have water to live. You have to have nourishment to sustain yourself. You don't need wine. So wine is a gift over and above. That is a, that is a blessing on top of the need. It's a, it's a luxury. It's a grace from God. That's what, it, that's what it represents. Jesus' first miracle was to supernaturally make wine for a wedding feast. That was His first one. To come and graciously deliver that, deliver that wedding party from a, from a disastrous day, He gave them wine. Melchizedek had bread and wine with Abraham. Jesus had bread and wine in His last supper with His disciples. We see this as a symbol of, of blessing. Now, we need, we need to talk about this for just a second because this is something that comes up especially in Baptist circles and, and we, we struggle with this a little bit. Um, while Scripture does, does often consider wine to be a symbol of blessing, there's also strong cautions against drunkenness. We know that, right? It's not appropriate to give yourself over to wine. That is not okay. It's a sin. Um, we must, we, we've got to embrace the Scripture and what it says. When it, when it describes wine as a blessing, we can't say, no, it's not. But when it, when it warns us about the dangers of overindulging, we can't blow that off. We, we must take the Scripture for what it says. And, and so I just want to, be, uh, I want to be careful about that. Wine can be abused. Alcohol abuse is a sin, and it brings its own curses. And, and there, are, there are folks that we've known who struggle with this. And, and so... The image here of wine as a blessing may be a little bit of a struggle here. That's okay. That's okay. If, if it makes sense for some of us to abstain from wine, that's fine. Wine is not needed for us to live. But, we don't, but when we look at the symbolism here, what God is providing, it is, it's a symbol of luxury and blessing and celebration. 
And, and I would affirm too, if, if someone does feel like they need to be careful about wine, Jesus would affirm it too. Jesus says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Right? So we could do a whole sermon on Romans 13, 14, and the weaker brother and all those things. And that is not my intent today. But my intent today was just to, just to recognize that, that some of us have issues there and, and, and teach things that have been taught. And we need to be careful. We need to respect God's scripture. And we need to be cautious about those things. So the, the fourth thing that he mentions here in this passage. So water, milk, wine. And what's the fourth thing? Rich food. Rich food. I think of like pecan pie, chest pie. That's rich food. But again, God is offering luxury beyond basic sustenance. We don't need rich food to live, right? We need something, but we don't need it to be rich food. It's for pleasure. That's what rich food is for. It's for enjoyment. And that is what God is offering here for free. Come, he says. Rich food, wine, milk, water. Come and get it. This is... This is such a, a, a positive and blessing passage. It's, uh, it's so generous. So to just kind of circle back on all this stuff, God's reminding us He is the source of all the blessings that matter. Blessings that can truly satisfy. Then this truth applies to the confident and it applies to the hopeless. The rich and the poor, the well-connected, the lonely, those with an amazing Instagram feed and those who have nothing to post. God offers blessings of water, milk, wine to refresh, nourish, and bring joy. And he offers rich food for nothing more than pleasure. God is give, and these things are metaphors. God is giving us imperative commands. And all through scripture we have commands, right? Even in Isaiah we have commands. Think of some of the, the harsh commands in Isaiah. Turn, repent. You know, weep. Because this day is coming. What are his commands to us in this chapter? Come, come, buy without money. Just come, listen, but listen to what commands? What are the commands that he says to listen to? Eat, delight yourself, and rest in the confidence that God's love is eternal. Yes, there has been a time, now he's talking to Israel, there's been a time of separation because, because he judged them for their unfaithfulness. But he's saying now, now is my eternal love and my eternal covenant for you is coming, is coming about. So his command here, eat, delight yourself, rest. Wow. Shouldn't be that very hard to obey, should it? I think of, when we think of this, I can't help but think of, especially on Mother's Day, like a grandma, our mother-in-law, my, my mother-in-law loves to cook. And she loves to have people over and she likes to make huge amounts of dishes, right? And if you come in and she has served food, she's going to say, sit down. She expects you to obey, right? Here, have some more, have some more. She expects you to take it. But, but is her, her command, she expects to be obeyed. But are they harsh? No, no. They're full of love. Are they hard to obey? No, they're not hard to obey. Sure, pile me up, Nance. Give, it, give me some more. And uh, that's how God is, right? Like, like that mother-in-law, like that grandmother, He wants to bless. And He's asking His children, come, come. I will bless you. 
That's what your job is, to be blessed. So that is because of God's, that's the blessings that God gives. Because of His great kindness. Because of His, because of his kindness, your legacy is greater than, than you could build. Now this is so interesting. And we find, I, I really focused, I focused on chapter 55 at the beginning. And, chapter, and now I want to sort of focus on 54 and 56 as kind of a, a sandwich. Uh, we made a sandwich up here earlier. I, I kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> Uh, but this is this is a sandwich, a chapter fifty-five sandwich, of of legacy that God promises to these people. So fifty-four is really about reconciliation, right? Israel has has been exiled for and judged for unfaithfulness, but God's going to bring her back. And God says, "I was away from you. I was angry with you for a short time, but now I'm going to come back in, in an everlasting sense." And then he's also, in chapter 56, on the flip side, going to talk about the people that he's going to bring in. So, let's just start here. The first verse of uh, chapter 54 says, Sing, O barren one, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married. In, the, in, the days, in those ancient days, to be childless was a, was a great shame. It was, um, it was considered a curse, really, if you couldn't have children. And... And so God is saying to these people who are barren or to the nation of Israel who feels barren, he's saying, don't worry, I got this. Okay. Even today, though, it's not hard for us to understand that we don't really have a shame around it, but it can be painful. If if you want to have children and are having trouble having children, that can be very painful. But barrenness can mean more than just no kids. And we can sometimes feel like our life, our work um, is small or meaningless. And that can feel like a barrenness. Like I'm not going to leave a legacy. I'm not leaving a mark. Nobody cares if, if I wasn't here. Nobody would care. Nobody would really miss that. That can, that can be a barrenness that we feel. But what does God say? Sing, O barren one, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married. That's quite a promise. And then he says to enlarge the tent. He's telling the barren woman, enlarge your tent, Israel. Enlarge your tent. What does that mean? Get ready for more kids. You're, you're not going to have room in the place that you have today. So spread it out. Make it a bigger tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. And your offspring will possess the nations and people the desolate cities. How will this be? How is this going to happen? He's, he's telling Israel, spread out, get ready, because you're going to grow. And then he says, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, the God of the whole earth, he is called. <clears throat> what better husband could you have? My goodness. God is saying, I, I am going to stand in as a husband to the nation of Israel. That's how much I love you. And don't worry about your legacy because I'm taking care of that. Reconciliation is here. God is reconciling with Israel. There was a time of estrangement due to Israel's unfaithfulness. But, but her sin is not powerful enough to overcome God's love. He's back. And he's back to stay. And he's saying, get ready for more. Because God's going to expand his kingdom. Now, he doesn't exactly spell out how he's going to do it. But 
But he says he's going to bring more in. In chapter 56, we can flip over there. And he deals about the people outside. The outsiders who are not allowed in and how he's going to bring them in. Chapter 56, verses 3 through 5. I'm going to I kind of cut out a few pieces to highlight a piece here. But it says, let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I'm a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Elsewhere, we, and we read it earlier, it talks about God wanting his house to be a house of prayer. He's going to invite in the foreigners. And you remember when Jesus was in the temple and he cast out the money changers. Do you remember where the money changers were? They were in the Gentiles' court. They were taking up the space where the foreigners could come in. Because Jesus is about everybody, not just the Jews. And he's, that's, he quoted this. He said, my house will be a house of prayer for all peoples. That's us, the Gentiles. We're Gentiles, most of us. There may be, there may be one or two of us who have some ethnic Jew in them. I don't know. But by and large, we're the Gentiles. We're the outsiders that needed to be brought in. And we should be so thankful that God enabled that. God called out Abraham and he built up the nation of Israel to be the source of his Redeemer, to be where the Redeemer would come from. But his purpose from the beginning was to be a rescuer for all peoples. That was his purpose. Now God is saying he will give us a legacy. Though we may not see it now. We may not completely grasp what it will be. But he's saying those who have been rejected, eunuchs and foreigners, they'll be embraced. They'll be brought into his kingdom and they will have a legacy. Eunuchs were specifically banned uh, from participating in the full body of of Israel um, because they've been maimed and they were not allowed in. And eunuchs were not allowed to have children, so they were cut off from the assembly. And they were cut off from having, having a family legacy. And God's saying, even them, bring them in. I have a legacy for them. And he, he specifically says, within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. Now, sons and daughters are a blessing, a huge blessing. But God's got an even bigger blessing. The last point I want to talk through is because of the power of God's word, his promises are certain. Because of the power of God's word, his promises are certain. Uh, in, verse, in chapter 54, verse 10, it says, The mountains may be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you. God is saying, yeah, these little mountains over here, those might move, but not my love. That's... That's like when he says, you know, a mom might forget her child, but I won't forget you. Right. He's emphasizing the strength of his love by talking about things that aren't going to happen. A mom's not going to forget her child. A mountain's not just going to move. And God's saying, but those things will happen before my love fails. Right. That's that is the power of God's love for us. Now, 55, 55, verse 10. He says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Listen to this now. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose 
and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. This is uh, I'm reminded, and Wesson mentioned this even, even this morning after Sunday school. God called Gideon a valiant warrior. His word doesn't go out void. It comes back after it achieves its purpose. Gideon was a valiant warrior because God said he would be. And have you heard all the promises that God has made to us in this passage, these passages? Come and eat. I will give you the blessing. If you're worried about your legacy, let God give you the legacy. And you know what? His word doesn't go out empty. It doesn't come back empty. It accomplishes the purpose for which he sent it. Do you believe this? Remember that God spoke the very universe into existence. His word is more than wisdom. It's more than just authority to tell someone what to do. His word is the very power of creation. When he speaks, it is with the power to create or change reality. When his word goes out, it shall succeed in the thing for which he sent it. What has his word gone out to say? Blessing without price. A legacy beyond our capability. And a restoration of Israel. And an enfolding of everyone who's not Israel. That, those are the promises that his unfailing word has made. We can know it will happen. We can cling to that. We can hang on to it. Do you notice there's no bad news in today's sermon? It's all good news. It's all good news. I'm just going to recap. We've seen them. Because of God's generous compassion, your blessings are greater than you could earn. Because of God's kindness, your legacy is greater than you could build. Because of the power of God's word, his promises are certain. And this word asks for a response. In these passages, his commands to us are, they're direct. Come, buy without money. When he says buy without money, what does he mean? Let go of the pride of achievement. It can't last. And let go of the anxiety of failure. God will provide Come by without money. Eat, drink, enjoy. Listen to His promises. Rest in His everlasting love. Believe and look forward to the legacy that He will build for you. Trust His word that He sends out and always accomplishes what He wants.